Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Well, today we have a treat for you. We're going to go over the highlights of Deloitte's annual real estate report. And there's something big about it this year. For 16 years, they've looked at one year. And this time, they're looking at the future for several years out. Uh, please welcome my guest, Bob O'Brien. He's vice chairman and leader of Deloitte Global Real Estate Practice. Bob, thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Michael. Great to be on. Yeah, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, this will give folks an outlook, you know, over the next several years, you know, including the trends that will impact how properties are, are constructed, how they're managed, how they're sold, how they're leased. Uh, and, you know, kind of the day-to-day operations and a great look at the future. And, Bob, tell us why after 16 years, you know, your 17th year of this publication, instead of going from one year, you went to several. Yeah, you know, during the last decade, Michael, you know, real estate's been on a pretty wild ride. And, and it's been fun to write the outlook in terms of what's going to be different in the following year. But as we sat down to uh, do our 2016 outlook, it, it find anything that interesting to write about in terms of what might be different than than 2015. In the meantime, we looked more broadly and we saw these businesses being disrupted by technology and other sectors. And so we said, what could some of these macro trends we see out there, how could they impact real estate? And recognizing that investors you know, typically underwrite their real estate investments looking out seven or 10 years, we said, okay, well, what should investors be considering looking further out? And um, so uh, this is an outlook for what real estate ought to look like in uh, 2025, not 2016. Well, I think that's fantastic because, you know, look, if you're not already prepared for what's going to happen next year, you're not going to have time to be prepared, right? Let's look out a little right. further. So I think that's a great move. And, and, and you look at there's a lot more technology uh, being delivered to the commercial real estate space than we've ever seen before. And the commercial real estate, I think, has the, the power. It has the engine now, right? So in this recovery, uh, there's more money to, uh, to spend on technology, to adapt to technology. And, and let's get right into it. There's kind of four main areas of your report. Uh, and the first one is collaborative economy. So uh, tell us about that. Well, technology and other trends are really changing how um, tenants and, and others use real estate, right? And the collaborative economy is part of that. And so uh, probably the most obvious place to talk about it is with respect to office space. The way people use office space today is different than it was five or 10 years ago. The need for file cabinets, um, you know, single person, closed door offices, all those things have become out of date. Um, you're working as part of teams. Technology handles a lot of that one-on-one communication. You know, very rarely now do I make a one-on-one phone call. You know, typically I'm participating with a team on a conference call and sitting in space where a number of us can sit together. And, um, and there's a real recognition that collaboration can really drive value for a business. So can you create space that is more collaborative? Um, and, and so we see that. It is dramatically changing how people use office space. Um, collaboration is also driving, um, or what I'll call the sharing economy, is also changing how um, other spaces are used. You know, one of the, um, when you talk about retail, 
um, obviously e-commerce and online shopping has really changed how um, retailers operate, how they use real estate, consequently what retail real estate looks like and what makes retail real estate successful. Um, but in the meantime, you also have things like pop-up stores. And, you know, pop-up stores really wouldn't work 10 or 15 years ago, but they work today because the pop-up stores can leverage social media to make customers aware uh, of where they're at. And so really, it is changing how real estate is, is used. Not necessarily the technology used by real estate companies, but the technology available to the ultimate consumer. Right. The consumer is much more aware. They're much more empowered now. And you give some examples in your report, uh, and one is uh, liquid space. Uh, tell us what they're doing in the office space. Well, you know, liquid space recognizes that a, a business's need for space um, is not fixed. Um, that at certain days of the week or in conjunction with certain projects, um, a, a business's need for space will fluctuate over time. And they've developed a model where um, businesses would have access to extra space or be able to give away, or in effect sell, sublease, extra space uh, to manage their um, cost for space. And so, you know, when you think about a business that, for example, has a lot of people out on the road, but returning uh, on Fridays for Friday meetings, you know, does it make sense that they carry all the space they need for Friday, <laughs> right. uh, the other four days of the week? Right. All right. No, that's that's a good point. And uh, I think there are more shared spaces uh, today. We had a um, healthcare uh, practitioner uh, on the show a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know they're using space uh, one day a week, and uh, there's other healthcare providers using it the other four days a week instead of that that space just sitting empty. And you gave a few more examples in your report, like Uber and and Lyft, and some things that uh, these companies are using in Zipcar. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, when you when you think about um Uber and Zipcar and Lyft, right? They're all an opportunity to use an asset more efficiently, right? Greater than 95% of the time, a car sits unused. You know, 300 million people in the U.S. today, 250 million cars out there. <laughs> so they're not being used all the time. And so consequently, Uber, Lyft, Zipcar figured out, hey, there's a more efficient way uh, for people to use cars. It drives the cost down for the consumer. It gives them cars when they need it, but they don't have them when they don't need it. Can you apply that to real estate space as well? Right. And then Airbnb is doing it in the hospitality world, right? Exactly. So if you have a uh, extra room uh, in your place or an apartment you're not using, um, you know, Airbnb gives you an opportunity to generate some revenue from that, to share it. And and most interestingly, and when I really think about the consumer here, Airbnb gives them an opportunity to really um, create a customized experience uh, for their stay. And, and a frequent Airbnb user gets the benefit of Airbnb really getting to know them from their previous transactions in suggesting um, stay options that uh, really might appeal to them based on some preferences they've demonstrated in their previous stays. Right, and that's what the consumer wants, right? They, they want it custom now. 
They certainly want it custom, and uh, this effectively empowers them to do that. Well, I better get home soon to make sure my wife doesn't rent out my man cave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's a a quote in here. uh, The New York Attorney General estimated that as many as 72% of the units rented through Airbnb were in violation of state zoning regulations or other zoning laws. Uh, What does that do to this disrupt of uh, Airbnb? Well, you know, it, it, it... it indicates the natural tug of war that's you know happening out there uh, between the regulation of existing businesses and innovation, yeah. right? And and so it does create challenges for the regulators to figure out how how do we really adapt to what is exponential change, and for um, you know these disruptors out there, for these innovators out there, they can't ignore. The yeah. regulators, right? They need to have a regulatory strategy to deal with, uh, you know, potential issues like the one being raised here. Well, and that'll be interesting because when my wife rents out the man cave, I've smoked a cigar in there before. So, you know, <laughs> maybe you don't <laughs> yeah, want to exactly stay somewhere where somebody smoked a cigar, right? Well, how could real estate owners, operators, uh, people in the business uh, utilize this collaborative economy to, to do better? Well, one of the things that that I have seen um, over the span of really the last 18 months is an amazing number of real estate-oriented startups being developed to try to figure out ways to um, make more efficient use of real estate, uh, to connect the tenants and the owners of, of real estate to um, provide new technologies to owners of real estate to, to better connect with the consumers. So um, we've also seen a great deal of interest in the venture capital community. And Bob, I want real estate related. And let's take a short break. I want to hear more about how our listeners could take advantage of this collaboration. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're talking with Bob O'Brien, who is with Deloitte, and we're talking about their 17th annual report, uh, Real Estate on uh, Outlook. And this year they're looking way out, which I think is, is very smart to, to look ahead. There's been so much change going on in commercial real estate, especially around technology. And before the break, we're talking about collaborative economy. And, uh, Bob, you were telling us that uh, there's some ways that the uh, real estate industry may, may uh, take advantage of this. Yeah, you know, I, I was mentioning the fact that we've seen a, a tremendous number of startups in the, you know, trying to innovate in the real estate industry, and we also see venture capital firms um, increasingly interested in trying to uh, back businesses that are looking to disrupt the real estate industry. And, and so our recommendation uh, to the existing players in the real estate industry is to get to know these startups out there, understand where they're beginning to focus and um, look for opportunities to partner or affiliate with them. Uh, it will help keep a, you know, the industry's fingers on the pulse of changes that may be coming down the road. Right. And you have some examples in your report, like uh, Vernado Realty Trust. 
uh, working uh, with, uh, who is it, we, WeWork. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, so WeWork has come up with an interesting concept of effectively renting space that then can be shared space for multiple tenants, um, really geared towards startups and um, organizations just getting started. And so WeWork rents the space and then effectively invites startups to, to use the space. And so, you know, that's a different use than um, and different type of tenant than a major landlord may be used to dealing with. And um, But WeWork has had tremendous success in terms of um, they've been one of the largest, if not the largest, leaser of space in New York during the course of the past year. Uh, interesting. And one of the things you emphasize in your report for owners of real estate uh, is to be flexible, right? Create a flexible environment for flexible lease terms. Yeah, we, and that gets to our, our point earlier around tenants are beginning to have more expectations around, um, in effect, customized leases. Um, flexible space is the primary driver of that. Uh, the way their workers work has changed, and, and consequently, you know, they're looking for flexibility to deal with that change. Yeah, uh, we also think that creates opportunities for the landlords as well, because um, it may create, in effect, dynamic type pricing opportunities as well. Right. Well, that's a good point. Uh, we uh, took over leasing of a of a building that we're doing right now. We're taking over uh, leasing of an office property, and even the owner uh, came to us and said, "Look, I'm thinking about turning in a large section of this building into temporary uh, rental, and uh, ask our opinion." So. You know, it, it's everyone's seeing it now, aren't they? They they really are. Uh, we think this is a trend that will accelerate over the next few years. Okay. Well, one of the next uh, issues you have here is re- relating to brokerage and, and leasing space uh, and the changes there from technology. Tell us about that. Well, it, you know, there have been a lot of industries out there that have been, in effect, disintermediated, right, and more of a direct connection um between um somebody who has something and somebody who wants something and so when you apply that to a a real estate context is there a way to more closely connect the um owners of real estate with the potential users of real estate Um, this is an area where we have seen a lot of activity in terms of startups developing technology um, gathering and providing information around available space in a market, rates in a market, that sort of thing. And, and so it's becoming increasingly challenging for leasing and brokerage firms to, in effect, um, uh, maintain their role in the market. The role is going to need to evolve over time. Right. That's interesting you say that because I felt like we were a technology company back when we started in 1998, and we've always used technology to our advantage. And I guess that's what what's all of our companies are, are going to need to do. And, and you've got companies like uh, Hubble and 42 Floors and, and Rofa that you mentioned in your report. Uh, they're kind of driving that change, aren't they? Uh, they are. And, um, you know, what's challenging for an existing real estate player, right, is – uh, disrupting themselves right. and um, adapting new technologies, new business models, new you know interfaces with uh, their clients and customers to change the way they do business. The um, 
you know, the startups don't have that legacy business model that they need to, that they're wedded to. And, and so that's where I, we think there's real value in terms of understanding what they do. And uh, the concept of, and we highlight the concept of disrupt or be disrupted, right? And so, you know, we think existing real estate firms are going to have to challenge whether they need to disrupt themselves. Right. And then you have companies like Comstack and, and DLX that uh, are crowdsourcing lease information. I know that's one of the things that uh, that people come to, to a tenant rep for is like, all right, well, we know the market, we know the deals that are getting done, but more and more people can find out some of that information tenants-wise. You know, there are, there are challenges out there, Michael, mm-hmm. um, in terms of standards for that information and being able to gather that information and make it available in a way that really feeds, you know, tenants' analytic tools or property owners' analytic tools to, to really take advantage of it. Um, but people are trying to work through that currently. Um, you know, we think those standards will be developed, uh, the interfaces will improve, and it'll have a dramatic impact on the real estate industry over the next few years. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you know, our tenant rep business has become more of a consultant business where you know we're looking at their overall business plans and we're more consultant than we were you know back in the day when we were the only ones that had the information on the space, right? Yeah, you know the way in, in very simple terms, the way I would describe it is uh, the relationship. It's becoming more of a relationship than uh, transaction-based, right? And right. so um, to be able to consult, to be able to provide advice is becoming way more important than just being able to close a transaction. Right, right. Well, how can uh, real estate owners and real estate companies uh, t- take advantage of, of, of this activity, this, this new leasing environment? Well, I do think... Um, <clears throat> Uh, understanding um, the new sources of information, the new tools that are out there, um, they're growing dramatically and, um, and having a meaningful impact on, on the business. And, and so um, getting a better understanding of you know, who some of the startups are out there, we think that developing strategic affiliations with uh, the startups provide great insights in terms of what they're doing and where the market may be heading. Mm-hmm and um, destructing yourself, right, in terms of uh, finding ways to do business in different ways that may more closely meet uh, what uh, tenants and landlords are expecting today. Yeah, well, I think that's a, a good tip. And, uh, you know, sometimes people get enough information to, to hang themselves as well. They get some information and feel like you know, they can go it alone, and then uh, they make some mistakes along the way. So I think uh, having a consultative practice uh, where you're doing more than opening a door and showing space uh, is what a lot of uh, tenant reps in our industry have been uh, kind of leaning their business uh, toward. And all right, we're going to have to take a short break, but we've got some more great information. And I think this is a fantastic re- report because, again, like we said earlier, you got to look further out than a year or you're going to be behind. So next we're going to talk about the uh, war for talent and how that's going to impact real estate and the occupiers of real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit commercialsearch.com. 
Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We always like to have fun here. We're talking to Bob O'Brien with Deloitte, and we're talking about their 17th edition of their outlook on real estate. They are looking real far out this year, which I think is is a great move. And the next concept that is in this report is uh, war for talent. And I, I certainly think this is a big thing as the uh, the job market has improved, uh, office space use changing. Uh, there certainly is going to be a war for talent. And, and Bob, what are some of the aspects out there that are creating this situation? Well, you know, we've seen great job creation, as you mentioned, Michael, over the last uh, five or six years. And, and so we're really just beginning to see the war for talent. Um, we forecast that there's going to be a shortage of um, college graduates with science, technology, engineering, and, and math degrees uh, to fill the types of jobs that are being created in the future economy. And so, you know, we um, show a gap of about 23 million uh, people in the U.S. in terms of projecting out the millennials going to college and um, and the number of new jobs needed in those areas, we ultimately come up with a gap of about 23 million. Pretty and big so gap. It's gonna, <laughs> it is a big gap, and, um, and it's going to create intense competition for those who come out with those types of degrees. And those... Um, people um, will have, in many respects, the opportunity to call the shots in terms of where they work, the type of places they work, where they locate, and we think that'll have a meaningful impact on real estate. Right. So if you were, uh, your, your child's in college right now, what kind of degree would you tell them to get? Well, certainly, um, you know, the STEM degrees would be very appealing. I, I do think there are opportunities to get degrees in, you know, financial services and business where there's also been a great deal of demand. Yeah. Well, what about immigration? Um, can that fill the tenant, tenant, the gap for talent? Uh, can we bring some people in from other countries? Well, I think that's really one of the arguments around immigration reform, Michael, mm-hmm. is that um, uh, we do have the best schools in the world for those types of studies. There's a great deal of demand from um, students around the world to come to the U.S. universities and, and study in the, in the STEM areas. Um, and revised immigration laws would help keep them, and they very well could help fill that gap. Uh, the gap is going to be exacerbated by the fact that, you know, many of us baby boomers are going to be retiring over the course of the next 10 years as well. Right. And so that exacerbates the gap right so yeah somebody's got to fill our shoes right exactly and uh, let's talk about the um, percentage of uh, employees that will be uh, temporary or contractor uh, uh, type employees moving forward yeah we've already seen uh, an increase um, during the course of the last decade in independent contractors or um, temps or, or freelancers. Uh, a lot of the um, opportunities being created in today's business world facilitate that. It's, uh, you know, we talked about shared real estate space. These would be, in effect, shared employees. And so um, we've estimated that by 2020, almost 40% of the workforce will be freelancers, temps, independent contractors, or 
uh, in effect, solo entrepreneurs. Yeah, well, that, that's interesting also to see how the IRS was, is going to handle that. Well, how can all this, how will all this impact commercial real estate, this war for talent? Well, the um, a, a couple of things. One is uh, all around location, right? Real mm-hmm. estate's all about location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this war for talent, companies are going to need to locate their jobs where people want to work. Um, you know, we've clearly seen in the last couple of years companies moving their headquarters into you know major urban cities because the millennials desire that. 24 7 uh work live play lifestyle um there are going to be some cities that went out on this there are going to be some cities that lose and so anticipating where uh these uh jobs will uh where companies will want to be that'll be generating these types of jobs uh to appeal to you know a very heavily recruited population uh is going to be important um when you look at that 40% of freelancers and contract workers and, and that sort of thing, um, that is yet another indication of the importance of flexible space and uh, creating that kind of flexible space for, for those types of folks in their own work and also for those types of folks that are supporting companies, larger companies on projects. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And your report says that you predict 75% of the workforce in 2030 will be millennials and that you know they want that uh, mixed use they want to walk to work stay tuned we'll have more in the war for talent and more on the future of real estate i'm michael bull we'll be right back would you like to shake hands with decision makers in your favorite commercial real estate sector visit interfaceconferencegroup.com for multifamily student and senior housing to net lease and healthcare conferences all over the country Visit interfaceconferencegroup.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. My guest is Bob O'Brien with Deloitte. And we're looking at some of the highlights from the 17th edition of their Real Estate Outlook. And as we mentioned before, they're looking out many years this year because of technology and the changes in the workplace environment and the real estate environments all around us. Uh, most of it impacted by technology. And one of the things that we're talking about is the war for talent. And, and, we're, and like you said, Bob, we're, we're already seeing it. I see more of the companies that, that we wrap on their space are concerned with retention. They're, we're, they're concerned with uh, recruiting and creating an environment that's, that's great for their employees. And one of the things that you mentioned in your report is the square footage per employee is, should continue to shrink. Yeah, we we are predicting that it will continue to shrink. So it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 square feet per employee in the year 2000. Uh, we expect it to drop to 150 square feet per employee in 2017. Wow. And ultimately, um, as workplaces become even more nimble, we would expect to see a further decline to 90 to 100 square feet. Yeah, that is amazing, and that means a lot to uh, owners and, and developers of office buildings, doesn't it, and how they're going to have to, to manage and retrofit those buildings. Yeah, it does, um, in part because, um, you know, one of the things I've highlighted in some of our discussions around our own space is you need um, 
a lot more electrical running to these individual workspaces as well and um, creates challenges with building codes and everything else. But we do see that, um, you know, the office is becoming more of a meeting point than where people come in every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as a meeting point, how that space is used is, is very different. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, even in our own office here, we have a big uh, coffee shop and big common areas and a, a lounge. When, I mean, it really looks like a coffee shop with big screens and, and people like to hang out. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it's kind of the way people are working today. And, and one of your takeaways uh, on the War for Talent section of your report uh, talks about uh, mixed use and the live, work, play kind of being a more dominant role. Tell us about that. Yeah, so when, when we survey and, and see the work habits of the millennial generation, um, they like to live, work, and play in, in close proximity. Um, many of them don't own cars. They're leveraging the Ubers and Lyfts and zip cars that, that we talked about before. They also um, tend to not have set hours for working. So not only are they looking for flexible space, but they're looking for flexible hours as well. They're looking to work anywhere, anytime. Sounds like they're spoiled, Bob. Technology, of, <laughs> technology affords them that opportunity, and they're taking advantage of it. <laughs> right. Uh, they're a little spoiled, right? <laughs> or, or savvy, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> it's probably savvy, not spoiled. And yeah. then the, uh, one of the other takeaways you have is, uh, is looking at immigration and, and maybe changing that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think ultimately the U.S. has to recognize that um, this war for talent isn't only between companies. It's also between countries, right? Mm-hmm. And, and to maintain our our country's competitive edge, particularly talking, you know, particularly in view of that gap that we were talking about a few moments ago in terms of um, um, graduates with science, technology, engineering, mathematic degrees, it's likely the U.S. is going to have to adapt the immigration laws to to be able to fill the needs that this economy has. That's a good point. Uh, It is a war for talent between countries as well, and uh, especially if uh, uh, Trump gets in there and builds a big wall, (laughs) we may need to have some great immigration policies, bring in the kind of talent, the kind of educated employees that we're going to need to fill these, uh, what was it, 23 million uh, shortage? Exactly, exactly. Um, And um, as I mentioned before, you know, the U.S. has a – a secondary educational system that is in great demand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, with uh, that in mind, uh, one should look at maybe investing in student housing. That should uh, do well. And and then uh, also for office building owners, I think uh, one of the things you put in your in your report here is they need to look really close and hard at the the tenant experience uh, that they're creating there, right? You know, um, we, we talked a little bit before about the expectations consumers have today about a um, customized experience and the value they place on relationships. Tenants are no different, right? They are looking for, um, they and expect uh, a customized experience. They, they value the relationship. Um, and, and so consequently, we think that real estate owners really ought to be uh, getting closer to their tenants and taking the opportunities that technology, for example, provides to get closer to their tenants. 
Right. And one of your takeaways in the report there is to kind of look at uh, areas, uh, properties that are in areas uh, that are going to create that, that, that mode, that live, work, play, where people are going to want to work, right? Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, um, when you think about the uh, 24-7 city and you think about millennials looking for um, a, a flexible hours, right? The, the real estate piece of that becomes very component, very important in terms of facilitating that. Right. You want to be in that uh, area where you're going to attract the employees because they want to live there. They want to shop there. They want to play there, right? They want it all together. Like you said, they're savvy. <laughs> they're they're savvy. And, and, and for companies to be able to get those types of employees, yeah. uh, they're going ne- to need to locate in the right spots. Right, and that may make it a great place to invest in. Well, stay tuned. We'll have to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the last mile. This may be one of the most important concepts we'll cover today. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. My guest is Bob O'Brien. He's vice chairman and leader of Deloitte Global Real Estate Practice. We're talking about their 17th edition of their real estate outlook. And Bob, the last one is called The Last Mile. And that's real important in industrial and retail today, isn't it? It is. So um, is I think many of your listeners are probably already experiencing the um, um, expectations of consumers around same day or next day delivery has really been rising over the past couple of years and it's getting increasingly competitive um, amongst the e-commerce retailers uh, bricks and mortar retailers delivery services all trying to dramatically change that so-called last mile of providing goods ultimately to the consumer yeah, and one of your facts you have in here is, uh, and I don't know if I have exactly right, I'm not looking at it, but it was something like one in four online uh, consumers will not follow through with the uh, sale if they can't get it what the, that day or the next day? Yeah, exactly. So they're looking for immediate, roughly immediate delivery. Um, and, and so does a retailer ultimately lose that sale or does uh, the customer ultimately just, you know, drive to the local mall and, and, and pick up the good in person as opposed to having it delivered to them. And that's not clear, yeah. but um, it obviously indicates the desire among consumers for rapid delivery. Yeah, it really does. I mean, losing 25, 25% of your sales is huge. And there's some companies that are kind of disrupting here or, or helping out maybe is a better word for it, uh, like Amazon Prime and Google Express. Uh, and and, and uh, tell us about these companies and what they're doing. Yeah, so, um, you know, Amazon Prime, Google Express are demonstrating the ability to, to deliver rapidly. And one of the ways they're doing that is by, in effect, building 
um, warehouse and logistics facilities closer to the consumer. Uh, you know, back when you simply were delivering goods to a store, um, you had regional distribution centers that might be out in the middle of nowhere, but convenient in terms of the highway and railway networks, and were just focused on delivering goods to stores in a region. Today, with consumers expecting delivery directly to their homes um, and expecting it to happen rapidly, um, what you see are smaller warehouses being built closer to the consumers. Right, and then you have some companies that are partnering with with some of these new companies like Sidecar Deliveries and Uber Rush uh, to help with this last mile, right? Well, exactly. So they're seeing opportunities to deliver, you know, directly from stores, whether those stores are at a at a mall or another type of retail center, directly to the consumers. You know, Uber Rush is leveraging, in effect, uh, the driver network that they have to also. Um, serve as a delivery company, not solely a, a transportation company. And we're short on the end of the show here, but tell us quickly about 3D printing and how that may evolve. Well, as 3D printers become more prevalent, it's going to allow consumers to, to request custom-made goods and receive delivery very quickly. So it's going to bring the manufacturing closer to the consumer ultimately. Yeah, that's amazing. So I want something that'll make it in front of me, right? <laughs> well, just think about it when you want to go buy shoes, right? The yeah. shoe is made right in front of you at the size you want, the colors you want, and so on. I like it. I think I'm spoiled too. Bob, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Michael. Oh, thank you, Later. Bob. And we'll have a link to, uh, to this report on the uh, website if, if Deloitte and Bob are okay with that. So check the site at CREshow.com. And we have some great shows coming up for you. So uh, check the show website under next. We're going to do a show on office, retail, industrial. We're going to have some shows on crowdfunding and another one of the disruptors changing commercial real estate. And so be sure and join us next week. And until then, be sure you lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL.